is now the ultimate power in the universe. Hey everyone, welcome to Sports Radio 1917, your home for sports discussion and fantasy analysis from a leftist perspective. I'm Kelton, and today I'm joined by my fellow sports Bolsheviks and professional broadcasters, Gabe and Mitch. How's it going, fellas? Fantastic, Kelton. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, yeah. M- Mitch Man. is just having a thousand yard stare right now. I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> Did it's the weekend, I mean, he- like... I'm just waiting my turn. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you just, uh, the prospect of basketball being canceled for a potentially second and third time, just hit I'm him stuck and, on it. Yeah. yeah. He's, I'm very, he's shell, like he's shell shocked. I, I mean, I already that, knew I wasn't going to see any more basketball, but it just really hits me over and over <laughs> again. And it never gets any better. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair though, there has been an executive order recently signed in texas about where like no matter pretty much where you are you need to at least have a mask on at some point in time um it got passed just, earlier this just, afternoon just now yeah exactly exactly yeah. breaking as it's happening um uh, and so i i do think it will be interesting to see how many people kind of adapt that thing that the kansas city chiefs have of uh making masks that say keep Mahomes safe uh, on them uh, <laughs> just to see what sort of signs of solidarity then it could cause uh also hey uh before i forget uh please go ahead and uh, uh hit the like button subscribe click on the bell uh make sure that you don't miss an episode so that when you get notifications also uh, uh thank you to died famous for our amazing logo i have uh, uh not been the best at mentioning you sir and my apologies on that but as we gear up back into the swing of things being more official uh it's nice gotta flex those muscles sooner rather than later we might even fully sell out and just get like some shitty energy drink to be a sponsor of ours wouldn't that be nice that'd be the real sign of us making us yeah i'm all about (laughs) i'm all about that rain energy as long as i don't have to drink it Oh, oh, come on now. As part of the personal testimonial, we have to talk about how we love nothing more than fight milk or whatever. So here, yeah, here's here's the thing. Here's why I'm pushing for rain energy is because we can come out and be like, look, no gods, no masters. May freedom forever reign. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will I will pass it on up the chain and I'll say, like, hey, listen. We we here we may not have a uh, a huge base at this point in time, but we are incredibly vocal, and that's the one thing we have going for us. But uh, I guess the 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 main sports story that's happening right now that I feel like we should be talking about, otherwise we will definitely not make it into the amazing ranks of barstool sports, and they're just perfectly named podcasts all the time is uh yes. the the fact that the NFL is hoping to have lift every voice play before the star spangled banner at the NFL games which um i think okay. Uh, has given two big reactions on social media. The first is, oh, wow, this is so cool. This is so great. Uh, and the same time of any time we would hear like um, uh, uh, the white actors who voice people of color are giving up those voice acting jobs to people of color, which sure. Yeah, great. Yeah, fulfilling the bare minimum. I completely agree. Um, mm-hmm. But then the other side is uh, it's it really kind of doesn't make a lot of difference if the whole reason for the the protest and everything else wasn't so that way then you could get lift every voice it was for the police brutality aspect and that needs to get reformed and so cities which will still approve ever expanding police budgets then also being the same cities where they're playing lift every voice every other sunday when the nfl team plays Uh, it's just the the quintessential example kelton 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 i'm sorry like so we're getting lift every voice. White people are no longer going to voice people of color. Um, I mean, you want, they want, we want 
police to stop killing black people i mean i think we might be getting a little greedy like <laughs> i'm just i'm just saying like well think about it this way though it's not lift up black voices it's lift every voice every yeah, voice matters i mean you know every voice matters <laughs> exactly it's like come on like i mean you know clearly we're doing our best you know as a nation and as as uh, the nfl as a league to not actually address any systemic racism whatsoever but you know what man like we're gonna play lift every voice yes (laughs) an apathetic hand job is still a hand job as the phrase goes um uh, I think, though, that uh, to kind of contrast this, uh, a thing that really does, I think, have a pragmatic effect is hitting the NFL in its pocketbooks. And that comes with the news that uh, uh, the CEO of FedEx, who's also a, a minority owner in, okay, obligatory trigger warning here for the word Redskins. We're talking about the organization, not about the, the Native American people group here, but saying that if you don't, change the name of your professional football team, uh, then we're not going to want to fund your next stadium venture when it comes time. And that is kind of what Dan Snyder has been trying to sell the whole city on of, well, we may have a sucky team and Hey, I may be a sucky owner, but we're going to get a really balling stadium somewhere in either Virginia or Maryland. (laughs) I think, uh, well, okay, look, so we all know Dan Steiner is not going to change the name. And uh, unless he dies or somebody sees to that fact, you know, hypothetical, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, we but, would never call for the direct assassination of Dan Snyder. That would no, be not. bad if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, uh, I'm just saying, My Pillow Stadium. <laughs> Is, is still <laughs> potentially on the market. I think that guy might also be fine with the name Redskins, though. Unfortunately, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So we may the Redskins man uh, or the Washington professional football team, excuse me, yeah. may end up. Uh, you know, it may be the My Pillow Dome. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> a, a pillow dome sounds like a weird sex act that people were really into in the 70s. <laughs> like uh, it's hey get over here following to this day yeah <laughs> is that is that the the zealous base that we need to start appealing to mitch is the the underserved market <laughs> man i wish i knew what base to appeal to <laughs> <laughs> i think it's third third is the base i think we're supposed to appeal to man for uh, most of our fans it's like they second base is good enough like let's be honest <laughs> Not because they don't have sex, but because they're so out of shape, they get tired at that point. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's like going all the way is a lot of work. It's an achievement man. in itself. You just yeah. made it yeah. second base, you know? It's like you were... You, <laughs> go ahead, you, le- you left home. I mean, you know, <laughs> the story writes oh. itself. Like, you, you, had, you had enough energy to close the door and just groan your way into bed. Like, oh. I think that's a... I, I do enjoy that. Like, oh, baby, we're not going to fuck. We're going to go on a hero's journey. <laughs> that's what's about to happen here. <laughs> oh, Christ. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that when the, the NFL is wanting to talk about what changes that they're actually wanting to make, that it really is going to need to kind of be real policy instead of platitudes because – the idea of them adding patches on with all of the the victims of police violence isn't going to work mostly because like there's going to be a new patch every week if not multiple patches every week yeah. and and that seems like that's really not going to work okay Mitch like I understand that that's cringeworthy but like it's going to be true like there's no way that that the police no, are going would... to change unless they're they're defunded, and so I think that like real well, yeah, action. No, 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 no. Why why would they even think patches is even an option? Like, where does that idea even come from? 
I, I uh, bad liberal politics. I think is yeah. Uh, I, really... I think I think I think you've got some like northwestern grad who happens to work in the NFL front office. You can just say like, like oh. the 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 CEO of the Green Bay Packers. That's okay. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> is like yo. What if first off they wouldn't say yo? They would say hey, sir. What if we put patches on the uniforms to show? I believe they call it solidarity. Fight the power, indeed. <laughs> that is what we can do. Me, a multi-billionaire white man, can help fight the system. <laughs> I mean, I think it's my role as the proletariat to just ignore how any of that is supposed to even exist. Like, <laughs> it's yeah. not even food on the table. It's nothing. Yeah, yeah. like. I, I do enjoy that. They're like, okay, well, you know, the NFL would get really woke, by the way, of just in the same way that realtors are no longer going to use the word master bedroom. If they're being <laughs> like, listen, we are now the financial suppliers and backers of this oh NFL team. God. We are no longer the owners of this <laughs> NFL team. <laughs> We are, so, the, we are the primary investors there we go. in this NFL team. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh it's just it's all such bullshit empty just meaningless platitudes. I can't get over it. I'm going to get mad though. So probably time to go ahead and move into the fantasy discussion, aka the thing that uh we we enjoy talking about that doesn't make the blood get overly boiling all the time unless of course either of you doubt me in any way shape or form whatsoever uh, or disagree here yeah for the disagreements <laughs> so i mean the, que the question i think always comes down every year of like who are the who are the fantasy players to avoid and i think this year it's every single player on the washington professional football team because you know they're gonna sit out a few games until oh, oh absolutely. like i would not be surprised if they protest uh so which is great i think the players should absolutely exercise the power that they have over the team to make money and do stuff. And also because that eliminates one entire team that I have to draft from come <laughs> fantasy season. No you amount know, of Terry Dwayne Haskins decent in... last year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, let's just hope no, he gets I mean, traded it's or suck. something. It's going to suck to not be able to pick up scary Terry, but at the very least you don't need to worry. It's like, Oh, do I pick up scary Terry or it's like, no, just don't pick him up. He's not going to play. Yeah. Like yeah. if I'm in, if I'm in a league with a bunch of games and no one's drafting the Redskins players, I'm taking scary Terry in the 16th <laughs> round or whatever. I mean, that, that, that's the thing is, yeah, you make him a late round, you pick him up, you pick him up as a, as a, as a wide receiver four option. And See, then when I, he plays, he's your, he's your WR2. You know, you're I, good to go. I think a, a real issue when we're talking about, like, you know, the, the idea of wokeness or, like, not drafting <laughs> based on protest would be uh, interesting because I wonder how Gabe would feel about, like, the Kansas City Chiefs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Tyreek hey, Hill I'm, is right. sitting there, like, in the fourth round. Right. <laughs> to be fair, I burned I this is the this is the level of commitment I have. I burned a roster spot for Cal, Colin Kaepernick for an entire season. Oh wow. Wow. But you didn't start him for a game, just like those goddamn owners didn't look a I'm game. Not, look, look, man, this is called <laughs> this is called liberal platitudes. But, <laughs> but still there's still money on the line. I still need a quarterback. <laughs> I'm just picturing Gabe frantically doing research, like how to be a good ally. How many Native American <laughs> tribes have expressed their approval of the Kansas City Chiefs? What is their polling at this rate among various organizations? Like, <laughs> oh, Look, man, God. it's like it's like that. That is the beauty of neoliberal capitalism, right? It's like you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure you protect the profit margins and be a good ally well, you gotta then, have your finger on the pulse you know exactly and if we are going to be keeping our pulse. finger on the pulse here uh there was an interesting article released earlier today that talked about the nine must avoid fantasy football players aka these are people who you uh certainly don't want to reach up for don't even 
necessarily want to draft based on what their estimate is, but instead are wanting to go with uh, um, uh, just wait for them to fall and continue falling and then maybe take a look at them. So I'll read off the list and then I figure we can each kind of just pick one and then talk about it for a little bit, if that makes sense. Okay, y'all? Perfect. Great. Sounds good. So uh, number one, we have Devin Singletary, then Raheem Mostert, then A.J. Brown, then Darius Geis, and then we have Odell Beckham Jr., followed by Devontae Parker, then Melvin Gordon, Evan Ingram, and wrapping up the list is Todd Gurley. Do we have any immediate disagreements, or is there any name? Like, who wants to talk about which player on the list? Uh, I'll let y'all go first, because I'm a gracious and benevolent host. <laughs> um, I really feel like... Wait, did you say... You said Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram, that's correct. Okay. Oh, yeah. Off, because of injury, or... Yes, what, that, what kind that of is the list there. Is that okay. he is also listed as tight end seven on various draft boards and he's going 72 overall at the moment and especially considering his injury history and he's coming off of a foot surgery from december uh don't really know if you like him at his current adp um at, mm. at this point so. he's, he's young though and and if him and daniel jones play 16 games together that could be true that could be you know a real you magic know. point what was that one wide receiver on the Giants who had like one breakout game? Everyone tried to add him to their their benches, and then it, it just... was like Slay or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, no, no, him. not he... Slay is I the, the cornerback. I know, I, I know. That's what I thought too. But I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure they're both Slay. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm sure we could easily or, look no, it up. Slayton. Okay, Slayton there or... we go. That that makes yep. sense. something. Yeah, but. Yeah, so, he got like I started him one week and he got me like forty points. There we yeah. go. But that, I mean, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be his his upside is huge. His floor is oh yeah, so very very low. <laughs> right, right. No, it's, it's <laughs> definitely like you're sitting here and you're pulling the lever. Like, so yeah. this has Ingram being listed at uh, ADP at seventy two. So if you've gone six rounds, uh, I guess. Um, or, you know, you're six and a half rounds in. Evan Ingram is still on the board. Are you going to draft him, Mitch? So here's here's what I'm saying. If, like, all the top – if you're not going for a tight end within the first five rounds mm -hmm. and Evan Ingram is there when you should be taking a tight end, I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from that. I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a good option. Well, I mean, especially when we have to think about uh, with, with him um, looking at, like, what the tight end rankings are it's uh kelsey kittle at the top then um ertz i like, guess and yeah ertz mark mark andrews i i would probably put him up there yes until i get proven absolutely. wrong right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and I then the, the, but the bottom line is i mean i think to, to cut to your to your point kelton is that at most we have five or six yeah. Like playable tight ends. And these are all very high any use guys as well. Yeah. They're just as likely to get injured as anyone else. Yeah. Let's not forget that George Kittle's nickname was George Brittle. Like, yeah. that, like the idea of him being healthy is more of a rarity than I think we're giving it credit for here. I mean, so um, if you haven't picked, so if say you're six and a half rounds in or in the middle of the, the seventh round, um yeah i'd pick him up i mean if you don't have a tight end yet i don't know what you're doing like mm -hmm. you need to be i like i think ultimately like if you're gonna draft a tight end like in the top i'm gonna say five it to be safe yeah like uh, then you probably need to take a tight end like after your rb i mean even a running back and wide okay. receiver is like well here let, let's, let's know, look at like, it from a different perspective this might might, might be more interesting uh, all right, I'm going to read the person above Evan Ingram and the person below, and then you tell me which of the three you would rather have, okay? Um, Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, or Hunter Henry? Ooh. That's a good group, man. Can, that is... can we just can we just run in a league with no tight ends? Is that an option? Uh, no, I'm, I'm taking Darren Waller in that group. I mean, really? if, if Derek Carr is starting for the Raiders, someone has to catch passes. 
they don't have any wide receivers. Didn't they he just draft this last year? Didn't they just draft rugs? Yeah, they drafted rugs. They drafted the wrong Alabama wide receiver. <laughs> Roger yeah. Goodell went up there and thought they were drafting Jerry Judy. I mean, and... I, see, I, I think I think I would probably go with Hunter Henry. Like, main reason think... is that like his upside, like when he came back and he was healthy. Granted, when he was healthy is like the biggest caveat in the world. Yeah, and talk but... about health injury. I mean. Let's let's generally generally like when he's healthy is never a good phrase to follow a fantasy player. And <laughs> like, Hunter Henry's quarterback is either going to be Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert. That's like, right, young quarterback looking for a, a safety <laughs> valve or Captain Checkdown. I agree. Thank you, yeah. Mitch. <laughs> but, but did you wa- have you been watching this this? Chargers offensive line because Philip Rivers left because Very he's a short years amount old of time. And they can't uh, block anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so no, you got to be. You know, I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold. Uh, <laughs> like that's. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to take Henry in the first round. Like, <laughs> oh wow. No, I, I mean, I, I think that is. A, a I guess fair if you point. use my own argument against me, that someone has to catch passes. But yeah. I feel like the Giants are a higher quality team in general than the Chargers at this point. Yeah, as far it, as it, offense goes. I, I am going to have to really look and see like what Hunter Henry looks like in a check down offense. Because I mean, so much of like his play potential was getting like fifteen yards because he was, and you know, uh, j- just they just paid Austin Eckler. And that's who the <sighs> offense has been going through. You know, you know, valid points here. All right, Evan Ingram. Ha- uh, hey, buddy. Hey, pal. Hey, old friend. <laughs> but hey, I will take Darren Waller over Evan Ingram. Like that's a no-brainer to me. Oh no, my I, God. We'll I see. think Devin Waller. I think I think that's not a that's not a bad choice. It's not a great choice. So out of the listing on your end, Gabe, uh, what who stuck out that you wanted to talk about? I mean, I think Odell Beckham Jr. is the one that is. I think he's not a must avoid. He's a gamble and win or okay. gamble and burn a roster spot kind okay. of situation. Now, he so is, I think he's currently listed as wide receiver 10. He is uh, 28th overall is his spot. Mm-hmm. And he's benched between Amari Cooper and A.J. Brown. So I would t- so here and here's here's the thing is I would take Amari Cooper over either of those one, but of course, of course, like that's I think that's the easy thing. But <laughs> here's what Odell Beckham Jr. is: if he gets the trade, if he gets out of Cleveland, and <laughs> I mean that becomes the big thing is like if you are willing to burn a roster spot and pass up somebody like Amari Cooper. I wouldn't pass up anybody. So you have no faith in Baker Mayfield is what you're saying. No. Why why would I? I mean, I'm, I mean, because he played well. He didn't last year. When? He has played well. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, sure, sure. He has played well uh, at some point in time. So that was how I, many yeah, State Farm commercials ago, Mitch? Yeah, exactly. The... I mean, yes. No, last year was terrible. It was like, but he had he had a coach that had no idea what he was doing. He had no guidance. The sophomore so again, slump is real in the NFL. So, all right. So that, and that is why I think Odell Beckham Jr. is a gamble, right? Okay. And I think if you are willing to take the risk, if you are comfortable with the risk, um, go for it. Like pick up Odell Beckham Jr., uh, and it may pay off. It's ten, it's like, ten and twenty-eight sounds are, too high for me. Are, are y'all will, ready for I like? I think that. what could be like the ultimate in a hot take, meaning it will probably be wrong. But if I'm right, you know, we can pin it to the board as uh, let's hear it be, being accurate. Okay, so Stefanski's going to come in. He's going to institute the the Minnesota style offense. Right. That means you need a strong running game. So Chubb is cook. Right. And then that means you need a strong one-two wide receiver tandem with a power tight end. And I, I mean, I think Rudolph and Njoku really match. And I think that Odell Beckham Jr. and Stefan Diggs are are much closer. Uh, so they actually fits. don't, ha- I don't think they have Njoku anymore. They signed Austin Hooper in the offseason. Oh, um, uh, I could have sworn they had that. But 
very good point. Even more to it, even of of uh, Hooper playing in that Rudolph role, that would mean that the most valuable player in that style of an offense is the Adam Thielen role, and that means Jarvis Landry is just like he was last season. Yeah, I mean, know? but like people are he currently. I'm looking at him on boards right now. He is uh, the 29th wide receiver being taken. He's, oh yeah, way more value in Jarvis Landry than Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so th- that's my main caveat with Odell Beckham is that if you're looking at maybe even comparable production, um, especially if, if in PPR of you, Jarvis Landry, you could just wait another three rounds and scoop him up. That's my main issue with Odell Beckham. Is that if you're believing because of the offense, because of a rebound, Jarvis Landry hits all of those exact same spot points. Absolutely, Fair. I agree. But yeah, again, I, that could also be legitimately me being so, a, a a crazy madman for saying that Jarvis I also, Landry. <laughs> I love value players like Jarvis Landry and Darren Waller, but my thing is sometimes I get too caught up in the idea of having value players. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't get any of the home run hitters in the first rounds like. That's something yeah. you have to watch out for. Like, get your home run hitters early, and then like, if you can get someone like Jarvis Landry in the fourth round, fifth mm-hmm. round, hell yeah, yeah. You can get someone like Darren Waller in the seventh round, hell yeah, like exactly. I mean, so here's a legitimate question to both of you, um, and is how do y'all draft? Like, what? How do you fill your roster? I have I draft different every year, so I'm I'm an awful person when it comes to this. <laughs> of, I mean, because I don't usually have like a, a draft home, if you will. Like I'm always mm-hmm. kind of like joining like a buddy's work league or I'm, uh, you know, with a couple of friends and stuff. But then we're part of like a larger group as a whole. Yeah. And so I'm not able to go, well, I know this guy's a Patriots fan and I know this guy really loves quarterbacks. And so I'm able to kind of game theory it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But my my in general philosophy is um uh running backs are incredibly replaceable and um mm-hmm. that tight ends are the most undervalued and so like i will reach up to get a a quality tight end because i believe the gulf between like a true tier one tight end and a tier two tight end is yeah. much larger than the gulf between a low tier one wide receiver and a high tier two wide receiver i would absolutely agree with that but yeah, I mean, I that, that's it- me I subscribe to that method a lot, but unless I can get one of like the top three running backs, mm-hmm. because usually if you can get a top three running back, then that's like the game changer. Yeah. yeah. But then the, here, here's the, the point here at this point last year, we would be arguing about why Kamara is a much better value than McCaffrey. And, <laughs> no, and, absolutely. And, and I that, made that mistake. I, I passed on McCaffrey in two different drafts. So that, I, I made that mistake. That's the thing that like will haunt me. Versus, like, I'm much more comfortable picking up a running back in, like, the fourth round. Because if it works out, great. If it doesn't, I have six other running backs I can pick Yeah, they up. are always injured. Yeah. Someone else will come, you know. But I feel like wide receivers are the same way. So maybe you have a point with tight ends because the tight end is so limited. Like, there's only going to be five of them that play well for the entire season. And that can really make a difference if you could. But then you're in, you're in this, like, exchange game with your roster, you know. You're constantly, Precisely. like it's like you're dedicated at that point. That's why I take more of a balanced approach, you know? I mean, and I think that that's right. I think that's probably a a good point as to what you got to do. Speaking about running backs, um, my pick, um, the the name that stuck out to me the most was Todd Gurley. Um, He's consensus ranked at 30th overall running back 14. And I think that that is way too high. I think that is people really trusting the Atlanta offense, especially when you compare the two running backs he is between are Clyde Edwards Hilaire from Kansas City, who I get is a rookie, but he'll be splitting time with Damian Williams on a high touch offense. And then you have Chris Carson, aka the bell cow back of Seattle. And that's what he's sandwiched between versus Le'Veon Bell is 10 spots lower and he's sandwiched between David Montgomery and Raheem Mostert. I would much rather have Le'Veon Bell Bell. than I would have Todd Gurley. Like, especially in a PPR league. I mean, yeah. 
And I, I could be wrong. Todd Gurley could go great, but I just, I would rather be wrong about Gurley than uh, because I missed out on him than because I drafted him. If that makes so sense. So I think where well, he's course. placed is right because the the Atlanta offense has potential to be high powered and score a lot of points and he could get a lot of those points, but the Atlanta offense also has to, the potential to fall fate to their defense, just like they have been doing for yeah. since they made the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I, I don't really trust anyone on Atlanta, probably beyond Ryan and Ridley at this point. Um, I, I could be wrong. Watch well, just Hayden uh, Hurst becomes Julio? like the, the you don't god. trust Julio? Julio, uh, he he is great. You know, like if if I'm in the the second half of the first round and Julio Jones is there, absolutely, I I will I will take him. But like he always has this like weird quirk. What was it like two years ago where like it's week eleven and Julio Jones still hasn't <laughs> caught a touchdown pass? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's true. those things that then uh, really drive me up a wall with him. And that's not his fault. I think in terms of like underrated players that when you know a list gets made, Julio Jones will probably go down as that just because of being like this God tier player that has just the worst luck of teams uh, being up 25 points. Not going to go into not that, being but. able to throw a touchdown in the red zone is their issue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for whatever it is, for whatever reason, they just yeah. can't seem to do it. I, what was that stat where it's just like if they were at the 15 statistically it would almost be better for them to take like a 30 yard sack uh for julio jones's <laughs> touchdown percentage <laughs> oh, wow it was it was it was just uh, i mean it was so fucked up for him but um i mean i i really think that that todd Gurley in my head is too high i think running backs though are are across the board with what what's mm-hmm. happening here we have mccaffrey so, yeah, barkley elliott then henry kamara cook Mixon, chubb jacobs then jones drake miles sanders is listed at 12th overall and that seems a little uh i mean bullish but he should Eagles. be he should be yeah. he should be above he should be above Gurley. i agree with that yeah, I I would move everyone a little bit down. Is my uh, my? I don't know. I'm putting. I'm I am saying Josh Jacobs number three overall for the season. Wow, that is my that is my prediction. You are I, going I, hard on the Raiders. So that and yet you won't draft Darren Waller. Explain to me yeah. what happened. Uh, uh, because Josh Jacobs is is as far as most teams go, he is going to be the bell cow bat. He was last year. Can he's gonna he be... catch? If he, he can't started, catch. So he started catching at the end of last season, which was great. And I think he's only going to get better. And I think he's going to catch more passes. And I think a lot of people are going to undervalue Jacobs because they aren't sure that he can catch. And he's going to come out. And I'm going to say this 14 receptions per game. 198 yards total. A little aggressive. A little 14 aggressive there, receptions I, per game. I liked your year going before that. Yeah. I mean, I might take the under on that, but like, I'm here's, that's here's how like excited a, I am a real for Josh fucked Jacobs. up thing. I would almost go closer with uh, 14 touches a game, but that would be <laughs> a more interesting over under. Just because I, I mean, mean, I think I think that's the that's probably the correct uh, that Gruden, is the correct take. Gruden, I think, uh, uh, in a weird way, what what's his history with running backs? Do we know? Does he, um, you know, run them into the dirt and then cut them loose? I mean, or? he he ran Josh Jacobs pretty hard last season. Um, he was dealing with a shoulder injury almost the whole season, but he got his magical football juice before every game and still played. So can't wait for that inevitable four game suspension to, to hit. <laughs> so how many people do you think are going to like take steroids and just be like, I thought it was a way to prevent coronavirus. I'm sorry, <laughs> NFL. Hopefully all of them. Yeah. God. I mean, I actually think with, with the amount of anti-inflammatories that NFL players take, they might actually 
get away from COVID-19. Because, right, isn't COVID-19 the whole thing is it causes this That's insane true. inflammation response? Yeah. Right. And these guys right. are on, like, insane anti-inflammatories. And that's what I, that's what I call the, the football juice. Yeah. Um, like the pre, the, that's the pre-game football juice. They give you that uh, anti-inflammatory injection. Oh, all of them, which uh, may also be a cocktail of like horse steroids and other things like that. But like oh, you yeah. know, just just the best tranquilizers is what they keep on <laughs> wanting to to put these people on here. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's that's kind of our thoughts on fantasy. So obviously, if people have any uh, opinions on it or they want to hold us accountable please feel free and do so but uh in the meantime the uh the the third segment the thing that we're actually going to be uh closing out with here uh and we actually have a bit of time to talk about this is um well it's two things the the first one is is a more humorous element and then the next one will just go and play until the wheels fall off a little bit here talking about it but the uh, the the bet I wanted to talk to y'all about this week was the Fourth of July hot dog eating contest that is going mm-hmm. to be taking place. The over under on total number of hot dogs consumed by the winner is seventy two and a half, and I'm wondering whether or not we are thinking about going with uh, the over or going with the under. Now I'm sure what people have been wondering about. Yeah, uh, because one of the main storylines going into this is is the guy who eats all of these hot dogs. I think his name is Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut, oh, Joey American Chestnut. hero. Mm-hmm. Is he going to uh, break a world record this time? Because if that's the but, case, obviously he would. We would need to be betting the over. Or right. is he going to just kind of win by a comfortable margin, possibly? And then we would need to go uh, with the under. So curious to know what y'all's takes are with that. So when's the last time Joey Chestnut broke his record? Ooh, buddy. Um, That's the thing is because I feel like it's been a while. I feel like a few years back, he was just breaking his record. He got like past 75 or somewhere around there. I just don't see him like being that into it anymore. He set 74 eaten in 2018 yeah i mean that stomach's two years older you know that's that's 71 last year so we'll see he's got he's probably still comfortably beating all the competition by like 15 or 16 hot dogs you know like (laughs) so i'm gonna take the i'm gonna take the over but no new world record i think he's gonna i think he's gonna get to 73 and then uh he's gonna explode yeah i this is just bizarre by the way if anyone wants to look at like what the male record is versus like what the female record is it's it's insane it's it's it's, like 20 dog difference i mean uh joey chestnut in 2019 ate 71 uh God, and that's still a lot of hot dogs. It's it's an insane amount. It's a truly insane yeah. amount. I but, mean, if, if nobody's ever engaged in competitive eating, um, you know, what a world we live in, first off. Second, <laughs> um, it is not easy. I have engaged in a number of pizza challenges. Uh, hmm. I even one time looked up like, oh, what's like the world record for watermelon? And it's like three pounds of watermelon. I was like, I can eat three pounds of watermelon. I got like a half pound in. I was like, fuck this, man. I'm like, I'm yeah, because I mean, that's three pounds of water at the very yeah, least. I, like, you know, at the time I was high and I didn't think about it. So like my mind was like, oh, when you get three pounds of watermelon together, it doesn't look like that much. Yeah. What? Until you realize it's three pounds of watermelon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what, what what's the what's the strategy you think with eating watermelons? Is, do you have to you know like turn it into a slushy almost in your mouth as you're consuming it or, or what? Dude, the, the key yeah. the key to all all competitive eating is work fast. Yes, <laughs> as opposed to it's, slowly. I, I I see. Yeah, watermelon is actually sprint. like a. You know, for the, as far as sprinting goes, watermelon's perfect because you don't you just you just swallow it. You just try to, you know, you just swallow it. 
Don't even I mean, think it's basically it. already a slushy. You know, it just happens to hold a loose form. It's it's spongy yet fibrous. Oh, yes. watermelon. Pieces that just fit perfectly in your mouth to just swallow. You know, <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Um, by the way, like, what does Joey Chestnut do, like, in his off time? Because that's got to be. I think he's, I think he only competitively eats. Really? Like, and it's not just hot dogs. Like, I think he competes in a lot of other. Okay, yeah, I'm there, looking at it right now. Competitions. He, he ate 32 Big Macs in 38 minutes. That is. How? Now, now. Help me out here for for anyone at home who's who's wondering. Um, these people are vomiting everything back up. I I would no, assume, yes, you right? have to. You like, have to. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. I think they keep that shit down. You Their body to, like, processes eat. all of that. I think you have to no. keep it down for a certain amount of time. You do have to keep it down for a certain amount of time, but there's no way it's long enough for all of it to digest. Okay, there's game. no way. Gabe, he ate 28 pounds of poutine in 10 minutes. What? 28 pounds? <laughs> in 10 minutes. That's 2.8 pounds a minute. <laughs> I didn't think poutine was that that dense. That is. Like, that can't be that much. I can't imagine there's that much poutine to be, like, it's, that's got to be dense stuff. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. it is. It is like French fries and gravy and that's, cheese. That is, that is, let's see here. That is 40 ounces of food every 60 seconds. My God. Uh, 0.66 ounces of food every second for 10 minutes. That Holy <laughs> shit. I mean, like you said, speed. You just bite swallow for 10 minutes. And somehow you swallow 26 pounds of that shit. Yeah. 28. I think you're right. That is all he does. He does just the competitive eating circuit. Like that's, that's gotta be. I saw some like little five minute thing on him one time. And I was talking about how much milk he drinks to expand yeah. his stomach. Well, so I don't, it, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, he just drinks like a gallon of milk every day. Yeah. Cause it's the only way he keeps his stomach expanded to eat it, all that shit. So there was a documentary uh, on, uh, like, wouldn't that help? I, mean, with I think maybe the bubbles. I think something about the carbonation. Yeah, uh, yeah. The carbonation. So there was a documentary back in the day. Back in the day, Joey Chestnut's main competition was Kobayashi. Yes, he was the the Japanese eating. I remember machine. Kobayashi. Yeah, Kobayashi. Which Kobayashi? There was some beef between Nathan's and Kobayashi, and so he no longer competes. Was so it to kosher be fair, beef though? Right. Sorry. <laughs> um, but I think the deal is is Joey Chestnut, phenomenal eater, but he has not had true competition because Kobayashi is still a competitive eater, but has not competed against Joey Chestnut in America anymore. Um, but like, so but there was a documentary on Kobayashi and what he would do is he literally ate competitively all the time. Like in this documentary, he they go to like one of those like uh, conveyor belt sushi places, and he eats like pounds upon pounds of sushi. He's like, I do this every day. Why? <laughs> like, Why though? That doesn't sound. Oh god, that that just doesn't sound good to me. No, like, it sounds terrible. Yeah. Like your stomach, there's no way it can just handle that that long. Oh, and apparently that's the whole thing. Is like you have to, you have to do it. You can't you train stop. your body to handle that amount of food all the time. Um, but you also have to. Kobayashi is famous for the uh, the. He's like fat people can't be good at competitive eating because all of the fat pushes down on your stomach, limiting its size. So you should be skinny and athletic to also be a competitive eater. Fat shaming the fat people from competitive <laughs> yeah. eating is a very... So your, uh, <laughs> your stomach can push the other organs out the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Like Every pregnant woman is just hollering at them. I know, right? 
Uh, okay, so to give people a frame of reference here, Joey Chestnut, who has, has been established as like one of the most dominant eaters, he ate 82 tacos in eight minutes. <laughs> okay? Kobayashi. Oh, are these like street tacos? Or these I, like... I believe so, yeah. Um, it's Oof. Kobayashi ate 159 tacos in 10 minutes. So, I mean... I'm just saying... Yeah. Joey Chestnut has not had real competition. That that is kind of the case. That's kind of like looking at like Babe Ruth's baseball records uh, before it's, uh, segre- uh, segregation ended a little bit. Yeah, uh, may- maybe maybe looking at some asterisks by those stats. Yeah, I mean this is this is like this is like uh, you know LeBron never had to play Kobe. You know you know Jordan never had to to face. Uh, Jordan was the most dominant player of his era, so it doesn't really matter. But I think, you know, I think it's time for Coney Island and Nathan's Hot Dogs to put their beef aside with Kobayashi, and it's time for him to come back to the hot dog eating contest. Yeah, I think think this year. Yep, I mean, this is a year of unity, right? We want we're talking about unity. We're playing lift all the voices at NFL games. Get Kobayashi back. Lift that man's stomach. My God. Okay, so in 2015, Kobayashi consumed 110 hot dogs without buns in 10 minutes. Oh yeah, that's the difference. The bun. I know. They like dip the bun in hot water and shit. Yeah. It's just. It just is is something of where I can't stop thinking about, like the sheer amount of food, like. This is what someone is going to be like. This is what they do all the time in America. This is this yeah. is their culture. This is what what it's I mean, all this, been about. Remember what you're culture. fighting for, troops. Just. Exactly. I mean, this is the culture and history that people are so afraid of having a race. <laughs> is competitive kosher hot dog eating? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, what uh, what's that connection though with uh, Joey Chestnut and the alt right, where he's just saying, "Aju will not replace us." Just over and over. Sorry, bad joke. Bad is that joke. A, okay, I was like, is that a thing? Because I was going to say, does Joe does Joey Chestnut deserve to be affiliated with the alt right? Like, seems a little harsh. I was trying to go with a joke about jus sauce or whatever. I'm not even sure. Uh, you know, uh, we'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see. That that squeaking noise you hear is the sound of me pivoting to uh, the the last thing. Last thing that I want us to talk about here. Um, the NBA season is rumored to uh, actually be restarting on July 30th. And it's a simple yes or no question of will the NBA season restart on time? Yes. And the odds are at negative 300 or no. And the odds are at positive 200. What are we feeling here, gentlemen? Man, I I want to go with no. I just don't see how they all don't show up to the bubble and half of them test positive or a third of them or, you know, it's going to be big name players. And if two or three star players test positive, they can't That's say it. time. Yeah, they'll just say they won't. Because, I mean, also, who's to say, by the way, that then they don't just do some, like, weird, uh, thoroughly bizarre thing and they're like, well, okay, um, we'll flip coins. That's how we'll determine who wins <laughs> from this point on. Just competitive think, coin flipping. So I, I agree with Mitch. It's going to be a hard no. They're not going to start on time. Um, but they're going to finish it. They're going to finish the season out by lo- a large-scale horse tournament. <laughs> Just... Just something dumb. Like, it's just going to be the, the dumbest thing you ever. They're like, we are going to play basketball in one way or another. It's just uh, playing polo. Uh, yeah. Who do we think could uh, make the transition from NBA to professional polo? Find out next week. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Well, that I think has been an episode. We have somehow managed. To even come in under time this time, man, I, I'm I'm enjoying this a little That's bit. That's a really here. depressing ending 
for well, this, you know, it just summarizes the sports world in general right now. That's right. That's right. I just want yeah. us to, to figure out. Cause uh, I think that until it actually starts, that would be an interesting line to follow based on the developments of if it goes up or down um, all the way through. And so we're then, at minus 300 for yes. yes, they start on time plus 200 for no, that's easy enough to remember. Yeah. I mean, in worst case scenario, um, we can we can listen back to the ending segment yeah. on this if we ever so will right, get used so to right, the sounds of our own. The bottom voices. line is right now it's a five hundred point swing. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I do enjoy thinking about some just team of people in Vegas who are having to you know comb through everything. To try to figure out like how they think the nba will react oh, oh my God. you know it's a couple of like old like like jewish or slavic guys who are just like sitting there like chain smoking cigarettes <laughs> you know with like tinted tinted glasses on oh, yeah. like indoors oh. And, oh. and they're just like and they're constantly typing on one of those adding machines with like the paper ticketing off yeah i think that's i, I can already like feel the gold <laughs> wire rim glasses uh, oh yeah. my gosh both of you <laughs> <laughs> it's computer algorithms <laughs> yeah I, you know, so you say if you so had you a, a, like a crew <laughs> you... of old geezers first off first off, <laughs> first off in those those computer algorithms those artificial neural networks they are what's called a black box Nobody knows it's in the black box. You don't know that it isn't tiny Slavic and Jewish men uh, just calculating the numbers and smoking cigarettes. Maybe the box is so black from all the cigarette smoke that's inside mm. of it. That's true. Maybe, maybe windows, the but... box is that woke. That's the reason that it's a black box. It's remembering the struggle of why <laughs> we fight. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, Christ. Okay, well, what have we got to plug here, y'all? Uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter, although I haven't been doing much on it lately, at Dr. Goldtooth. You That's can also right. find me on Instagram doing the same, making some art on Dope the side. Ass art. <laughs> as well as uh, my other podcast, uh, Does It Slap? Hell yeah. Mitch, wh where can people find you? No nowhere? <laughs> don't find me. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be found. I understand. I can respect I mean, that I don't care if I'm found. There's just nothing there. There's just <laughs> you turn the stone you turn the stone over and you put it back. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> no moss. No moss can be found here. Um well, uh if, as for me, uh go ahead and uh as always, uh find us online at sports radio nineteen seventeen across all platforms uh, you can find me on twitter at culture truther and we will be back next week to talk about who the fuck knows about what else is going on in sports uh i don't know do y'all no one does okay well we love you uh we'll talk soon okay deuces <laughs> <laughs>